Welcome to another episode of the Marketing to Win podcast. Today's episode features a chat with AJ Wilcox, an expert in LinkedIn ads. He runs an agency that specializes in that. He's got a lot of experience there. We talk about some of some surprising uh, results that come from the COVID pandemic, as well as, uh, you know, sometimes the only success you can get is from testing and figuring out what works. So enjoy the episode. There's lots to learn here. Welcome out, everybody, to the Marketing to Win podcast. Uh, I've got AJ Wilcox on with me today, and uh, he's, I'm excited to really listen from you and your experience. Um, you haven't, the people I've interviewed before have kind of given me a hint of like what they want to talk about, and I have no idea what you're going to bring up. So I'm really excited to, to kind of hear. So um, let's, you know, uh, the nice thing for me is that you're the star of the show, right? With all of these is like, I kind of just facilitate it and then um, ask questions. So how about you give people a short intro and then uh, we'll get right into the case study, kind of set the stage of, of, you know, the environment you were in as far as like, uh, you know, what you were doing, who it was for, who you're selling to, to kind of give the context to the audience of, you know, what the marketplace was like, and then we'll go, we'll go right into it. Yeah, sounds great. So as you mentioned, my name is AJ Wilcox. I run an ad agency called b2linked.com and we specialize only in LinkedIn ads. So we're very much one trick ponies and proud of it. Uh, I actually host the LinkedIn ads show podcast. So anyone who wants to learn a lot more about LinkedIn ads, uh, feel free to subscribe and, and uh, get me in your ear holes there. Um, as for case study, so I've got, I've got a, maybe a couple different directions we could go. So um, maybe what we can do is like, if any of my answers are not satisfactory, I could switch and, uh, and get over into the, into the other one. You know, so, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty easy going as far as judging how good an experience is, you know? So okay, I'm not too worried about that, but if, if I'm utterly disappointed, I'll let you know. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> um, so yeah, go ahead. Really the background. Yeah. Like LinkedIn advertising is amazing for the targeting, especially in business to business because we can target people by specific roles at specific types of companies. So it, it's great. But then if you haven't run it before, the thing you should know is it's extremely expensive. We pay an average of like eight to $11 per click uh, here in North America. Whereas if you're advertising on Facebook, you might be paying one to $3 a click for a business to business click. So we tend to deal with much higher lifetime values, much larger uh, longer sales cycles, um, and more, maybe more complex deals. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have, do you have like baselines for those? Right. So I, I, I've, I've heard that it's, you know, extremely expensive and that, yeah. you know, you need like an ACV that's of like a certain point. I would imagine people in the space have, you know, thresholds where they feel like it's feasible. What, uh, yeah. What do you feel like is a baseline for somebody to even consider LinkedIn versus something else? Baseline, I would say if your lifetime value of a customer is over 15,000 and you're targeting somewhere in North America, that's pretty much a, a, a no-brainer for LinkedIn ads. Um, you can make it work with less, but certainly you want to give yourself as much space as possible just in case you're not a home runner out of the gate. Okay. So do you, uh, so like uh, in our, so I think our, Ours, right, Cloud App business uh, setup is actually a really interesting example of this. So like initial ACV, like the first annual contract for a lot of our deals is super small because we're a freemium product. Like 
Um, and, and it's like a, it, it, it very naturally grows as like a, I use it first on my own type of thing. It naturally grows within the company. Then, you know, people want security. They want, you know, to, and, and then it, and then expansion happens yeah. relatively quickly. So does like initial ACV have any factor in your, you know, whether you think it's possible or are you pretty much strictly on like the lifetime value stuff? Uh, it doesn't mean a whole lot to us, but it's basically like, what is the, what's the risk tolerance of the client? If yeah. they say we need, uh, we need a return on our, our investment within a year, you guys might go, I, that doesn't make sense on LinkedIn. Like our first year we're, we're going to get, I don't know, 300 bucks from them or something. Um, but then, you know, you're going to collect two or three years down the road. If you're okay with that time horizon, then great. Like we'll certainly help. Yeah. So a business case as far as like CAC payback and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, let's, what sort of uh, like innovative or like unique case studies have you done with it that you feel like kind of stand out? Well, I've done some really cool stuff. Uh, even just recently, uh, you know, during COVID, we saw that prices on all the different ad networks were falling like crazy. And we saw that it fell a little bit on LinkedIn as well. Um, but no one ever quantified it. And so what I did is I, I developed a, a, basically a workflow, a, a technology that would go and pull all of the ad data I have access to, and then allowing us to, to um, analyze every single day. And so we, we looked and during March, the initial panic, I thought people's budgets were falling through the floor. No, budgets fell through in April. Like people were still advertising in March. Um, yeah. And so I, I actually published this as a, just a, a free, you know, guide or whatever on, on the website. Anyone who wants to can look at it. Uh, but yeah, we found essentially that even like last month, uh, prices were back up above where they were pre-COVID for all of the different ad formats except for one, and that was sponsored content. So uh, that that was kind of a, a cool approach. Some data we pulled from LinkedIn. Um, so. If, if that's cool, we can dig in or I can start sharing like client examples or anything like that. Yeah, let's get into that a little bit because I think it's applicable since it's the world we live in right now. Um, so uh, maybe first question that comes to me for that, was that an expected result? Like was sponsored, did you, ex did you, ex did you expect maybe by this point, I, I don't know, I forgot when you said you just finished it up, but did you expect by the point that you like then you ran the study that spending would have, you know, surpassed uh, what it was before COVID levels? Um, I was pretty sure it hadn't recovered fully, but I didn't know until I looked at the data. We use sponsored content as like the vast majority of clients are running it. And it's also the most competitive ad format. So I would have never predicted that that ad format was going to be the one that was still able to be bought at a discount in October uh, yeah. versus the others. But sponsored messaging uh, that was up like, I think, 12 or 13% before, uh, from before COVID. And so, like, if you're using one of the ad formats, you can get a discount, but the others, you're now paying a premium. Yeah, that's interesting. Had, uh, do, any theories or hypotheses why that's still running at a discount? Ooh, um, the one operating theory I have that I, I can't substantiate but I think LinkedIn probably did something manually in their auction 
to to try to cut people a break during COVID. Um, and it was just across sponsored content. But I don't know. No one at LinkedIn has told me that they specifically did that. Uh, I just saw that if prices are up across all other ad formats, but this one is mysteriously down by, you know, 21% or something, uh, there might have been some kind of manual action. That was actually going to be my next question. What was the gap between like the overspend of all the other ad formats and then um, the sponsored content? Yeah. In fact, I could, I can pull that up specifically. I should, I should, yeah, let's do it. I should have pulled that up before. Sorry about that. No, it's um, no worries. Okay. So LinkedIn in general, from, from the time I did the, the study, uh, which was in beginning of September, uh, LinkedIn in general was down 13%. And so I went, okay, that makes sense. Like we see costs down a little bit, but w- yep. what that didn't account for is sponsored content was down 27%. Oh, actually 20, 22%. Um, but text ads were up 18%. Dynamic ads were up 17%. And sponsored messaging was up uh, almost 40%. So wow. yeah, that, that was very uh, not... I wouldn't have never predicted that. Yeah, those are some pretty big gaps. Would that like that almost sounds would you would you say that COVID drew in a lot more like just from like a volume of advertisers? Did it bring in a lot more? Because like would that yeah. have been and maybe I don't know, like would like do do initial advertisers kind of gravitate to certain kind of content types or Yeah, I think uh I wouldn't have predicted this either. I would have seen COVID and thought, okay, a whole bunch of people cutting back budgets, makes sense, they're gonna leave the platform. But we ended up just in the last three months, uh, I got the same story over and over for all the leads who came in uh, who wanted to do business with us. And they were, they were older, more established companies who'd been doing all of their, their marketing through trade shows. And they have this giant trade show budget that doesn't go anywhere now. And they decided to turn to digital, like heard that same story over and over. So I think there were probably quite a few companies who left LinkedIn because they don't no longer have the budget for it. But I bet there was a whole bunch of new ones coming in who fit in that category. Well, I'm glad they're not spending that budget on uh, virtual trade booths. Yeah, (laughs) because I think LinkedIn's a much better, even even if maybe you were below this 15,000 lifetime value, you'd probably get a lot more out of it than totally those virtual trade booths. Okay. Um, cool. What I, I think that that's, that's really interesting, uh, especially with like the sponsored messaging stuff. Um, does that, I, you know, we haven't delved into it yet for some of the reasons like the, you know, as far as like the ACV and different things. Um, but on that sponsored messaging, uh, type specifically, uh, do you think is, is the premium worth it? Like, is there some, like that's that 40% premium is crazy high. Like yeah. I would imagine maybe just people don't understand because there's so many new, new people into the advertising space, at least with the LinkedIn because of COVID or whatever, they don't understand that they are paying a premium, but um, is it worth it? Do you think? <laughs> uh I didn't think that they were very worth it, uh, even when they were 40% oh, lower. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and the reason why is because the sponsored messaging, there's one that's like a chat bot 
that they yep. call conversation ads. There's one that just comes across like an email, but you're essentially paying a small amount. It's like 20 to 45 cents to put it in someone's uh, inbox. And it, so it's guaranteed delivery. And so that sounds really inexpensive to most people. And so a lot have been adopting it and trying it out. But then what happens is you start doing the math and go, okay, of everyone I send it to, only 50% are going to open it. Yep. And then of those, only 3% are going to click on my link. If you do that math, it's like, crap, that's a 26 to $58 cost per click. Like that's not even per conversion. So in, and, and to make it worse, people are in, investing in these, but LinkedIn has, I think, purposefully obfuscated the metrics. Um, so when you're looking at your click-through rate and your cost per click, that's actually your open rate, which is usually 50% and your cost per open, which is like, you know, 60 cents to a buck. And people might look at it and go, wow, you compared to my other ads, this is doing great. And then they start looking at their cost per conversion later on and going, why did I pay $1,200 for a conversion? So uh, it, it takes a very special kind of offer or call to action to make the sponsored messaging work. You know, there's an underlying like lesson in there any, anyways for, you know, regardless of the channel, that we get, it's so easy to get caught up in vanity metrics that you think um, like you're just sky high and you're doing really well, but like you just got to go a level deeper and realizing that you're just, you're just burning cash. Yeah. Especially when the platform's purposely trying to trick you into thinking yeah. that it's performed better than it is. Like yeah. that bothers me. Yeah, we, yeah, we do. It's hard enough when we're not trying, you know, when it's, when it's clear, uh, let alone when it's not clear. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially like, like Facebook a while back when, when they admitted like, Oh, sorry, video performance wasn't as good as we were telling you. And people were like, eh, no big deal. I mean, we were spending a lot, but it was on video and it was super cheap. LinkedIn, man. I mean, people are already paying a premium for it. So if they ever came back and said, sorry, we overcharged you. I mean, people would have pitchforks. <laughs> yeah. That's nuts. Cool. Um, all right, let's maybe jump into another case study that you might have or example story that you have in mind that you feel like, you know, innovative or pretty cool to share. Yeah, so this case study doesn't make us look very good, but it, it illustrates a really important point that I think will be helpful for everyone who listens. Um, so we worked with a company called Bamboo HR that many of you may know. And as I'm sure many of you know, if you go for a hard sell approach on a LinkedIn ad, probably not going to work very well. Like just an ad on LinkedIn that says, this is what we do. Click here to talk to our sales rep. Like no one has any sort of incentive to click on that. Yeah. So, the transactional type stuff. Exactly. Yeah. You got to warm them up a little bit. So Bamboo HR, super sharp company. They understood this. And so when we started running ads for them, they gave us like four different eBooks and I looked at them and went, okay, yeah, these look good. I'm sure we can run them. We went through a process of, of about three months of rapid iterative testing, switching out images, switching out uh, headline text, intro text. And we could not get these, anyone to download these white papers or these, um, I guess, guides for less than like 127 bucks. So, you know, we're having these meetings. I am certain Bamboo HR is going to fire us because like, that's what you do to an agency who's yeah. giving you $127 leads, yeah. like content leads nonetheless. Um, but they didn't fire us. One day they gave us a, a piece of content that, that was entitled uh, the definitive guide to onboarding. 
and we put it out to the same audiences, no difference in, uh, in ad copy and imagery. Like we, we rolled it out exactly the same way, but overnight our cost per click dropped in half. Our conversion rate tripled. We ended up with, with a, a cost per conversion on average of like 27 bucks. I mean, it just, it slayed everything else. And although this doesn't make us look super great as an agency, because we weren't the ones who found that efficiency, what it does teach you is just because you have an ebook or just because you've got a, a piece of content and your agency or your, your marketing team told you that's what you need, it doesn't mean that it's important or uh, attractive enough to, for someone to actually take action. So you have to make sure that your content is that good. People are willing to give their personal information for it. Okay. How did, how did that change the conversation moving forward with them then? Like, did, um, what, like what sort of, how, how has that changed? Like the content you've accepted from them that you're willing to like put out or <laughs> like, like, like I would have made like such a huge gap, I think would change your approach and how you, you know, maybe it didn't, maybe because it's, but like, at least it would make me think I need to reevaluate re what, maybe it's understanding my buyers better. I don't know but reevaluate what content might really hit home. Yeah, it was funny because they have a really sophisticated content team. And so what we did is we, we showed them like, here are the four content pieces that we couldn't pay people to consume. And here's this one that is taking off like crazy. Don't do that, do more of this. And that was kind of like the, the directions we gave them. And sure enough, they, they found a vein with their customer. They kept creating good stuff. But what was so funny is they hit it so well on that, on that, um, the definitive guide to onboarding that we couldn't unseat that piece of content. It continued to get the lowest cost per conversion of all the, the different assets that we launched against it, trying to unseat it for, I mean, literally six months later, we're trying to find something that would outperform that, even though it had already been running and was saturated for six months. Yeah. Wow. Um, how long did it take? How long were you running like ads before that, before you hit that winner? About three months. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was, I mean, we were not being slouches. We were testing everything we could possibly do. Cause we're like, man, this is a good company and we're going to lose them. Cause like no one pays $127 for a content lead. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm glad it turned around. Yeah. Okay. So with, with, uh, with that, what do you feel like are like the key experiences you learn or key, sorry, key lessons that you might've taken out from that, from that experience? Yeah, we have potential clients and existing clients coming to us all the time saying like, hey, what converts? Like, should it be an ebook? Should it be a, a checklist? Should we do a webinar? And what it taught us, especially because we've, we've done other studies where we've taken the same piece of content, but just repackaged it as different things. And just to test, like, does a white paper perform better than an ebook or, or whatever? And what we found is if the promise of your content was like this with, with Bamboo, like we're gonna teach you how to onboard your employees better and you've got a, a problem with that, doesn't matter whether it comes in an eight page guide, a 60 minute webinar, a one page checklist, it doesn't matter. You're gonna download it because you feel that pain. So what we learned from this experience was, yeah, like find the real pain, find what's keeping people up at night, what they appreciate and like, and then give them whatever kind of content it, it naturally lends itself to, but don't specifically go into it saying, ooh, 
webinars do great. Let's go and create that. Like solve the problem first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that starts with the consumer and, um, cause otherwise the channel doesn't matter. So as an agency, then with like the work that you do, um, I haven't lived the agency life, but I would imagine there's an extra hurdle for you and your team to really execute on that kind of stuff because you've got a variety of different, you know, businesses, personas that you're targeting with different needs that you don't, you know, understand. So how do you, how have you chosen to balance, you know, you know, the expertise from, uh, you know, the company you're working with who them themselves might not even understand their buyers well enough. And then, you know, getting your team up to speed on their business model enough to feel comfortable on how to, you know, maybe either create your own ads or whatever the case might be. Yeah. So many things I, I can, different directions I can go on this one. Um, first off, like I would say we, we've done it really poorly in a lot of cases. Uh, I would have people asking me the same question, like, Hey, we want to create new content. What should we create? Uh, I'd get that question all the time until uh, like three weeks ago, or I, I don't know. It's actually been, it's been a few months ago. Um, I released a whole podcast episode just about ideating around offers uh, and calls to action and everything I know about it. And now whenever someone asks, I just go, go and listen to this 40 minute podcast. You'll learn everything you need to know. And it saves my breath from having to like repeat it. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that when clients always know their audience better than we do, I would say, unless your audience is like a digital marketer, we know sure. them quite well, yeah. <laughs> but in general, it's like, um, you know, if, if you target law firms, don't come to us and ask what the pain point is that, that you should be solving, like go and talk to your customer. And so it, it gives us license to take a step back and say, Hey, you come up with this. We're just going to be guides and help you on the way. And that allows us to stick to what we're good at and not turn into a content creation shop that may not do very well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that may, that's probably what you were fearing in that bamboo case is that um, as like a content creation shop, rather than like somebody just helping facilitate faster execution on something they might not have the expertise in. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Do what, do what you're the best in the world at and then leave the rest to someone else who's best in the world at that. Yeah. That's cool. Um, okay. Any other stories that we've just got a couple minutes left that, or examples that you want to bring up? Ooh, one thing I'll mention, and, and I've got, I, I don't have a specific company to name here, um, but we do this all the time. Our strategy with LinkedIn, because the targeting is so good, we're, we're, we're not just going to say that our ideal target audience is an IT decision maker and be okay running one campaign to them. What we'll do is we know that LinkedIn has a whole bunch of different ways to target the same person. So we might target like VP, C, uh, CIO, CTO types of titles. We'll run a separate campaign that's just like uh, IT as a department with C-level as a, as a seniority. We'll do the same thing with skills and seniority, the same thing with IT groups with a, a C-level seniority. And what we have now is it's like market research to figure out which type of targeting gets us our best quality lead at the lowest cost. And then we'll take that a step further. We'll break, uh, you know, we'll figure out what works, what type of targeting, and then we'll break out the seniorities there. So now if we launch the same ad, let's say we have one AB test going on, 
we're going to launch that same AB test to people managers, to directors, to VPs, and to C-level. And just by comparing the metrics between each other, we get to find things like, oh, it looks like our content really resonates with the C-suite and managers couldn't care less about it. Or, ah, it's actually 20% less expensive for us to go after the C-suite. Why wouldn't we keep doing that? Like, let's scale up here. So it's kind of like running a little uh, silent focus group that no one knows that you're doing just to learn more about who your audience is and what they actually like. Yeah, cool. Um, and, and really that, that, that goes right in line as far as like understand, understanding, you know, your buyer and uh, not enough other ad platforms, at least with the experience that I've got, give you that kind of insight as far as to really nail it down. You have to, it, it, and you know, it is actually gonna be really interesting to see uh, if, if this is kind of the advantage that LinkedIn's got over other ad platforms, and we're starting to see this, this reverse battle with personalization and you know, uh, privacy data and stuff like that, it, it will be interesting to see if like LinkedIn might go further down the road and maybe like targeting gets even more sophisticated or if user data get user data gets you know blocked up a little bit and you won't have uh, like I have no idea where that's going to go because there's I think there's both sides I think consumers want the hyper personalization and they also want the the semi sense of security that all their data is yeah. safe and really you probably can't have both true so it's, it's going to be I don't I don't know if you've got thoughts on where you think that'll go. Oh man, I, I personally hope that LinkedIn will give us as much targeting as possible because as soon as What's people up? start catching on to the fact that like, oh, I'm generating leads and I'm doing market research at the same time, how many more additional budgets would open up for someone saying, ooh, uh, yeah, we have money for market research that we don't necessarily need leads out of. Like, let's get our market research team involved. So I, yeah. I think there's big opportunity for them. That's awesome. Well, this has been really good. I think there's a, a lot of, especially, you know, if there's those of you out on the show that are toying with the idea of getting into LinkedIn ads, I think there's a lot of good baselines and kind of initial lessons to learn here. You again, kind of let, you've got a show specifically on this. Let's, you know, bring yeah. that back up to <laughs> listeners, tell them about it. And then uh, we'll wrap up. Great. It's the LinkedIn ads show. So if you go and just search for LinkedIn ads, it'll probably be the only thing there. <laughs> and you'll see a, a chubby ginger smiling at you. So you, you'll know you've got the right place. Nice. And, it's it's yeah. probably nice to have hit a niche where you're like the only one specifically on that. It's pretty easy. Yeah. To find. Yeah. yeah I, I don't mind not, not having competition. It's nice. Yeah. That's uh, good. Yeah. But it, we go really deep into LinkedIn ads. We have um, employees from LinkedIn that I interviewed to like, teach you what they're trying to do with each of their products. So if this is a fun subject for you, if you've geeked out with us here, uh, you may want to go deeper there. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks AJ for your time. This has been really good. And uh, thank you to those of you who have joined the Marketing Win Podcast.